Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So we have been looking forward to this, and we had a great day today talking to a great couple of guys. We talked to Jake Crane and David Cohn of Crane & Company. There's actually three of them, Blaine Crane as well, but he is uh, he was out today. But So we talked to Jake Crane and David Cohn, and these are guys who host the Crane & Company podcast for the Daily Wire. They're also three of the stars of Lady Ballers, which is... The I'll just use the Daily Wire's description of it. The most triggering comedy of the year, mocking men and women's sports. That's pretty much all you need to know. Everybody, these two guys who we talked to are in the movie. Everybody in the Daily Wire is in it. Including, yes, this I've is just the noticed, Daily like, Wire sports podcast. Yes, I've well. noticed like the comm staff and production staff like make cameos in this. So it's all in, which I love because it's kind of a comedy troupe. Now, the whole Daily Wire, they're all in on this. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, and we've talked to them. Um, we, we we had a great time talking to them um, just about this movie that dares to go someplace that movies generally don't mm-hmm. dare to go. So uh, we're going to jump right in uh, with Jake Crane and David Cohn uh, to talk about Lady Ballers. These guys are Crane and Company. Jake Crane and David Cohn. Okay, I am thrilled to bring in Jake Crane and David Cohn. Uh, they are one of three members of Crane and Company, along with Blaine uh, Crane. In Crane and Company, you'll find on the Daily Wire, it's the sports show over there, which is uh, something that uh, is so refreshing for me to see, guys. And first of all, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having us, man. We're uh, excited to come on and talk about it. Yeah. Uh, these guys are all in Lady Ballers, which you should see. It's it, just sign up for Daily Wire uh, Premium and watch Lady Ballers. It is the Daily Wire subscription makes a great gift, by the way. If Ooh. like me, you have waited until Amen. the last minute and you have people that you need to shop for and you can't wait for stuff to ship, so it's perfect. So this this movie, so like last year, Matt Walsh dared to question the trans ideology stuff going on and. And men entering women's spaces, as the left likes to say. This year, uh, these guys, Jake and Blaine and David, and the whole cast of Daily Wire are laughing at the other side, which is so entertaining and so good to watch. Do you guys, do you ever look at this and say, wow, we actually gave this radical trend the middle finger? Um, there may be fallout. Do you worry at all? Or are you gung ho? Oh, well, look, I mean, it's if, <laughs> if we're worried about fallout, about talking about men playing in women's sports, then we've jumped the shark so far that it doesn't matter. I mean, to me, you know, obviously we, we cover sports at Crane & Company. It's very near and dear to our hearts. It's something that, that we believe is very important. We believe it's a great unifier. But in this sense, it's common sense. Men playing against women makes no sense. Uh, we can argue about immigration. We can argue about taxes. We can argue about foreign policy. The fact that we are arguing about should men and women be allowed to play sports together 
To me, Cone, is one of the three reasons the aliens won't talk to us. It, that, that is one of the top three reasons. But anybody who would come after us for saying that, you know, men and women's sports is one area of our society that should be bifurcated, then the, we don't take their opinion that seriously anyway. And back to your main point there, I don't look at the primary objective that we did was to give the middle finger to these people. I thought the main objective was to make a funny movie, right? Like if you're going to make a comedy, it has to be funny first. Now, this film, I think, actually goes a step further and it it's a good movie and it has heart in it, but it's funny first, which has to be the first step in a comedy, right? Without a doubt. I mean, and, and listen, when you work for the Daily Wire, there's people that have kind of preconceived notions that they either like you or they don't like you. And, you know, we had some critics that wouldn't review it. We had some uh, that did review it and it got really good reviews. And then we had some, a, a couple that I saw they said it was racist, oh, transphobic, yeah. anti-Semitic. <laughs> I asked Ben Shapiro, how dare you executive produce an anti-Semitic? I know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. But if you watch the movie, I think one of the reasons it's, it's been so successful and, and you know, we've gotten for the majority, uh, for mostly, you know, positive reviews off of it is because there's a really good message in there too. You know, it's one thing, like David said, for the slapstick comedy to be funny, for the humor to be funny, to be able to mock something uh, in society that we believe should be mocked. And, you know, I come from an era, and, and he does too, uh, of old school and wedding crashers yeah. and dodgeball, where mm -hmm. we used to be able to make fun of things in society before people got so scared they were going to get canceled uh, that they ended up being paralyzed. So uh, I think the overall heart and messaging of the movie uh, it isn't filled with hatred or spite. It's filled with nuance and reality. Yeah. And I think that's why people have gravitated to it. Yeah, the, the family aspect actually is kind of touching towards the end mostly as well, mm -hmm. um, which is another lesson. I don't want to give it away. But you're right in the in the and I'm older than you guys in the 80s and 90s. You know, the joke was that all the bros, the college guys, we were all trying to find a way to sneak into women's locker rooms. Mm -hmm. You know, we wanted to see the, the ladies getting undressed for the pool. That was the, the hijinks, you know. Now, well, even going back to Sandlot, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, Squint's <laughs> fake drowning so he could kiss Wendy Peppercorn. I mean, now oh. I don't even know if you could do that. <laughs> no, I don't think he could. It almost felt weirdly like a throwback watching this movie and we watched it with our son that we've Good. obviously Good. very classic comedy because there's nothing out now. comedy movies are dead aside from like some of the comedy specials that you can find mm -hmm. there's really not that much funny coming out and this truly was a funny movie which was so great and exciting to have something to watch it's not just <laughs> not like hit you over the head with a political point but there's just a funny movie there Yes. Yeah. Well, again, the, I think the national response to this movie has shown you there was clearly a demand without yep. any supply. And Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro had a conversation and said, what if we make a movie that only the Daily Wire can make? And what if we cast the people who are coming in, in here every day to, to work hard for the Daily Wire and to fight on the cultural lines? And that's what we did. And so the, the international response has been incredible. Yeah, and uh, Cone, you were. I think that you should get best supporting actor for the uh, for the Badger scene. So. <laughs> Thank you. But, oh my goodness, Matt I'm having Walsh. PTSD right now. Yeah, <laughs> Matt Walsh, the unassuming, dry humor Matt Walsh was fantastic in this Ooh. movie. Yeah, incredible. Who knew? And now, is this your first movie too? First time being in a movie like this and on set and everything. Yeah, well, you know, I, I tell people this is the first, you know, official movie that I've ever been in. I, I didn't, you know, go to any acting classes or anything like that. But we do a live sports show every day. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like trying to get get yourself in to be good at running sprints by running marathons. I feel like we do the hardest part uh, before we can actually, you know, do something that's scripted. And they can say, wait, let's start over. Let's stop. Let's do this. In yeah. our show, we we can't do that. So, yeah, it was our first you know, my first technical acting experience, I'll let David talk about his background. Uh, but I, again, I think sports, and we, we say this all the time on the show, it's one of the greatest teachers of life uh, because if you're facing something you haven't done before, I still wanted to compete. I wanted to be the best because of the guys that were around me. You get used to playing with the team. You understand how to work together and it's important to you. And I think what we had and what made this movie so cool and, and it almost fits, right? In a movie that you could not make in Hollywood, you should not make with Hollywood actors, mm. right? It almost kind of fits together if you really think about it. So we took that as a challenge and everything we do at the Daily Wire and, and again, credit to, to Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro and Caleb Robinson and John Lewis and, and all the leaders here, you know, we want to be the best at it. We, we, we want to put our best foot forward and, and give people content that they can enjoy that can make them think uh, and can bring them back like you mentioned earlier, Alice. 
And as far as my background, I directed and produced for 10 years before I met Jake Crane, and I acted in some of the things that I directed and produced, but mostly that meant if I was acting in something, I couldn't get someone else to do it, right? I had these projects that I had to direct and produce. Well, all of that's come full circle to now acting in a movie called Lady Ballers, and Jeremy Boring said, hey, here's a script. Uh, Do you want to dress up like a woman and play basketball? (laughs) So my decade of film experience culminated in me uh, dunking on girls, and I'm thrilled to say (laughs) that uh, it was a fantastic experience. And you're better for it. So, you know, in the lead up to talking to you guys, I I started watching a whole bunch of Crane & Company and listening as well. My pleasure. And I haven't been listening to sports talk. I know it's more than sports. It's sports culture or whatever. But sports talk, I haven't listened to it for about five years. And the reason why is that our big, we're here in Boston. We live in Boston. I work oh, in yeah. Connecticut. Our big sports station was WEEI in Boston. The big morning show was the Kirk and Callahan show. And it was a great sports show. And you know, we got a little political here and there. One of the political things they said, and this is like five years ago, was that uh, people shouldn't be sending their kids, their children to trans camps to learn to go on the gender journey. Yeah, it was in particular about a trans kid who was like five. Right. Yeah. And they said that was wrong. And that show, because they said that the mob came for them and they deleted that show and essentially has wow. ended sports talk radio in Boston, which yeah. is a town that we used to win championships, you know, at least even five years right. ago. The flagship Red Sox station now has ratings mm. like. Yeah, yeah. So the so so it destroyed talk radio here here in sports talk. So to see Crane and Company, you guys are out there, you've got protection. You're saying stuff that you can say, which is absolutely fantastic, which we absolutely need. And mm-hmm. um I, I just thoroughly enjoy it. And I hope that you do you you feel totally safe in saying anything you want. Well, yeah, number one, th- thanks for listening. We we appreciate it. Uh you know, listen, and, and I'm sure you've heard this on the show. The Daily Wire lets us you know, say, say what we feel. I think it's the be- one of the best parts about working here is that that we feel confident we can come in. And obviously, you know, there's some things you don't say in general that that, that are way way out of bounds, in my opinion. But they let us say what we really think. I, I think too. And and when you listen to the show, we don't get super political, right? You're you're not going to hear us do what what ESPN does and and just try and push all these agendas that really don't have anything to do with sports. If we're talking about men and men and women sports, obviously we're going to talk about that. We're going to say what we think. If we're talking about Pride Night at the ballpark, I don't want Pride Night. I don't want Hetero Night. I don't want, you know, uh, whatever your sexual orientation is or what happens in your bedroom not at the ballpark. I want to go to the ballpark and watch the game and and it feels like, you know, it's funny there's parallels in the movie, and David, I think you'll agree with me. Growing up, I used to watch Sports Center over and over again, mm-hmm. all the time. Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, before they he went to Shutter Island, wherever the heck happened to that dude. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, you know, Linda Cohn, Stuart Scott, uh, Kenny Mayne, all these, all these guys, and it was about sports. Mm-hmm. But then it shifted. It shifted into using sports as a conduit to push political agendas. And we love sports. I've dedicated my life to sports. So has this man. It puts food on my table. It's yeah. I'm, it's very important to me because I think it's it's great for people and we don't need to muddy those waters with the divisiveness that we have everywhere else in society. So we wanted to make a sports show that when people listen to it, they said, you know what? I don't know what Jake thinks about abortion. Yep. I don't know what Jake thinks about immigration, mm-hmm. but I know he thinks Dak Prescott's going to blow it in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. that's that's at the end of the day. We wanted people that love sports, that moved away from it with the Colin Kaepernick stuff and all that, yep. to be able to have a place to come back and say, you know what? I'll turn these guys on. They were all in it. I played and coached for nine years mm-hmm. in college. He was a quarterback at Michigan. My brother uh, was a D1AA wide receiver, and, and we grew up in it, man. So uh, we love it and want to protect it. That's why we started Crane Company. Yeah, and yeah. to answer your very specific question there of do you guys come into work every day you know, with the feeling that you can say whatever you want, absolutely not. I mean, we're very fortunate to work at a place like the Daily Wire that encourages nuanced conversations, but we have to make the nuanced arguments. I mean, yeah. one of Jordan Peterson's greatest rules in that initial 12 rules for life is be precise in your speech. So we have to come on here and make sure that we are making logical arguments. And Jake hit the nail on, on the head with everything on the politics. I mean, when I first met him, one of the things he said was, I, I, you know, I've started this sports show that's audio only. I'd like to be on video. I pretty much stay away from all politics and I just talk about ball. Now, a few things, you know, the world kind of changed over COVID where you saw football coaches getting fired who wouldn't take a vaccine. You saw players kneeling for the national anthem and this whole issue.
issue of men playing in women's sports. And we always wanted to kind of talk about these issues, but we didn't know if we should. And so we're at a place with the da- at, at the Daily Wire here where we can come in and we want to talk about is Dak Prescott going to blow it in the playoffs or not first. But if you have someone who's kneeling for the national anthem or you have a man hoisting a trophy that's designated for women, best believe we're going to call that out. That's not political. That has nothing to do with the legislature or with Congress. I mean, we get more political when we talk yep. about NIL discussion and we <laughs> yeah. have Tommy Tupperville on portal. saying, what is the PASS Act <laughs> going to look like? No one calls us out for being political when we're talking about actual leg- legislation. So I think right now we have a pretty good thing going and the audience has responded well. Well, and like you say, sports is something that impacts everybody and so many people you know, know something about. So it's really these are more common sense issues, especially this women's sports issue than um, than political issues per se. And it's funny watching it because the debate with women's sports a couple decades ago was about Title IX and, you know, the that women's sports were taking away from men's sports almost under Title IX in college athletics in particular and now it's so weird to me to see the same people who were saying you know this is feminism we're championing women's sports kind of almost switch sides and say no what title nine actually means is that the men can play on the women's teams and (laughs) (laughs) they've like turned completely around and there's almost this (laughs) accusation towards people who don't want men playing in women's sports like well you never cared about women's sports before there's this great scene in the movie where the team comes out and um, there's nobody left in the stands. They've all left. <laughs> and they kind of say, well, it's women's sports. No one watches. And I know that's like the joke. But I mean, do you think women's sports are important? And and why? Yeah, well, I never thought I'd say I'd miss the days of Megan Rapinoe complaining about her lack of money making, <laughs> even though, you know, in aggregate, they don't bring in as much as the men. Yes, women's sports is important because sports is very important. You know, it's one of the greatest teachers of life. I think this movie from a a schematic standpoint, us being able to pull it off, not being Mm. professional actors, was because we could always rely on that sports background of when it got tough, you got tougher. I think it teaches you how to deal with people. I think it teaches you how to perform under pressure, how to be able to bounce back from not performing under pressure or or facing adversity. And nowadays, you know, a a lot of people don't don't have that. And, And if women weren't able to have that, and if we let men play in women's sports, it's gonna become men's sports you know one of my favorite lines in in the movie and and not to give too much away is when we're dunking literally on the women's team that we're playing against and something the stand says this is amazing it looks just like men's basketball because that's the truth so people ask me at first they're like well jake why don't we just start a trans division well if you did that eventually it's going to be a man's sport anyway The, the, the men are going to take it over so there's really no way to win but yeah there's so many girls out there that are as competitive as i am Right, my wife's one of them. She's an Alabama fan, and I'm an Auburn fan. During the week of the Iron Bowl, we can barely look at each other. And I'm gonna—I married her and stay with her the rest of my life. But it, there needs to be an outlet. Uh, and sports is one of the best outlets and one of the best teachers, David. I mean, we and, always look back on it. And I think the biggest takeaway for this movie is is to talk about how important women's sports are, not mm. to take away that oh, the average man could beat a successful woman in any and every sport. Our friend Riley Gaines is a great example of this. Mm-hmm. Riley Gaines would beat Jake and myself in any race, in any swimming pool ever. She's just a better swimmer. We're not swimmers. And she would acknowledge that. And she says the same thing about, hey, I would, I would beat my husband in a race. But I'm not going to beat the best male there is. That's where this, you know, this diagram sort of gets drawn and you talk about everything at the extreme ends of it. That's where we're having this conversation because if we allow just the the men who are best at their sports to infiltrate women's sports, then all of the spots are going to go to men. And it's 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 a Unfortunately, the argument is tougher to make than it should be because nobody's suggesting that women aren't great at many sports. Women can be great at, yes. at basketball and in baseball, etc. I used to, in, when I was young, we used to say if a, if you sucked as a guy at throwing, we used to say you, you throw you throw like a girl. Now girls mm-hmm. don't throw like girls. Girls throw awesome. My daughter can throw a better fastball than, than I can these days. But like, it, it's just a fact that David Cohn. Present day David Cohn probably can throw a football better than almost all of the women on the earth. And yeah, yeah, that's not an insult yeah, to the point. 
And to the point about the line of, you know, coming out and, hey, hey, no one's here anymore because they don't watch women's sports. Obviously, if you go to, what, a Nebraska volleyball game, like, th those things sell out all the time. Like, that's, that is a movement. There are situations like that. The entire world would want to watch Serena Williams in her prime play tennis. It's more just a generality, right? Like, we're talking about generalities here where more people are going to watch the NFL, they're going to watch the NBA, then they do the WNBA. Mm -hmm. And how should we react to that as a society is not to then take over those female spaces. Those are still important for the female athletes competing there. Right. And those opportunities that uh, oftentimes were afforded by Title IX are so important to women. As Tom mentioned, our daughter plays softball. And, you know, seeing what that does for her, you realize how important it is and and knowing that she could grow up and have opportunities taken from her by a baseball player who played, you know, Cooperstown baseball and is now going to come in and take her spot on a college softball team because he decided to. It's like a crazy feeling to see that opportunity taken away. Yeah. Well, it's it, and, and I say this all the time, and it's so obvious. The best way to, to counter the argument outside of it just being common sense. I mean, it's, again, it's not even political to me. It's, I don't think it's political when I turn my blinker on in the interstate. I think it's political when I look both ways before I cross the street. It's a safety thing. I don't want to get hit by a car. It's just like we shouldn't have, you know, Shohei Otani hitting against <laughs> some poor, poor female. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this out. But the best way to counteract it is, name me a woman, a biological woman that is dominating a man, a man sport. I'll just wait. I'll hang up and listen. You can't because it doesn't exist. It only exists one way. And it's the way that we're saying it, what is going to happen if we allow this to happen. So to me, I mean, it's I don't even know like the amount of mental gymnastics that it takes to convince yourself outside of just lying because we're as tribal mm -hmm. as it's ever been when it comes to politics these days in this country. But the mental you must be the Simone Biles of of women of mental gymnastics mm -hmm. to be able to arrive at a point that men and women should just, yeah just yeah let's let them play against each other it's, it makes all the sense in the world we are talking to Jake Crane and David Cohn of Crane and Company a great podcast on the Daily Wire go follow them you can follow them on Apple Podcasts whatever go to the Daily Wire get a premium membership and watch Lady Ballers it's absolutely fantastic some of the scenes that contain violence are some of the best <laughs> scenes that I've seen really in 20 years <laughs> with humor you're not supposed to do anymore but you know I want to ask you guys something both coming from backgrounds in and around sports what is what happened to like um, good sportsmanship like in in other words you know you're shaking the person's hand at the end of a game that thing that we used to do even though it sucks and you hate the person uh, they might have just beat you you know, part of being a good sport is sucking it up. But I'm worried about the guys. Like, what, what, what is it? When was it taught that you can, as a guy, feel good about competing against these girls who are smaller than you and taking a place? And like Leah Thomas always says, "I'm really proud. I'm happy now. I'm proud. How are you happy?" I, but yeah. well, it's uh, again, and and it's it's such a common sense issue. I don't like the shame that I would have even in the movie dunking on stunt women like people that do this professionally <laughs> i felt awful uh, my brother who, who's who was in the wrestling scene uh had to slam this this poor girl you know she, and she had padding on stuff like that uh multiple times and he said he felt awful i mean he thought about the rest of the night because that's ingrained in you biologically because we know that men and women are so different but the fact that you could walk around and pretend like it's okay Forget everybody else. Forget your parents. Forget the fans. Forget the media. Just yourself. How you as a biological man could lay your head down mm. on the pillow at night because you know, you know deep down it's ridiculous. You know deep, it's shameful. I don't know. I, I think you just have to totally commit to being aloof, right? Or it's and it's a trick. It's a trick mm -hmm. to me. I, I just, I couldn't do it. It's shameful to me. Two things that I think this movie does really well are, one, the character of Alex, played by Daniel. I mean, he's clearly working through some sort of confusion, some sort mm. of gender dysmorphia. And, and, that's, and that's a great character arc to follow. I mean, we're acknowledging that there are people who are confused about who they are. I think there's a fantastic scene at the end between Alex and Coach Rob. And then the second thing is making the, the media 
the antagonist. That was so fun, even the very first time that I read mm -hmm. the script, to see it play out with what a great job Billy Ray did. Unbelievable With job. the character of she a She was win, fantastic. It's done for the clicks, right? For the headlines, for the stories, for these journalists to be able to make a name for themselves. We see it every night when you turn on the news. So the angle of making the media the primary antagonist in this film, I thought that it was brilliant, and I thought that it worked in the final version of the movie. Yeah, and it's interesting that you say that it was hard even to do it on a movie set because part of me, especially the people who are like very well-known Daily Wire personalities like Jeremy Boring, I'm like, why is Jeremy Boring saying this stuff? Like part of my brain was like felt uncomfortable seeing, you know, people that I know and listen to all the time say like the well, opposite Matt Walsh thing. must have thrown you for a loop then. <laughs> oh, no, that was a weird the spectrum one. Of, of where don't worry, we got ours too at the end. Yeah. Us getting dunked on at the end was the last thing one of the last things that we shot and that was painful <laughs> yes it was not only physically but for the ego too matt walsh needs to that that needs to be a, a sequel we need a, se a sequel to come out of that who was the best actor you think of the in the whole company you know it to me i i, I think you know everybody did a really good job not not to cop out i, I tell uh -oh. you what i thought tyler fisher was hilarious oh yeah he's, uh, he's, now, the he's, a, he's a professional yeah. comedian but his it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And again, I don't want to give away too many spoilers. His impression of a certain person uh, that mm -hmm. has been a big, big factor in culture uh, and in beer. Maybe that'll give it away. <laughs> but but just being with him on set, being able to chop it up with him, um, I, I thought it, the time... The character fit him perfectly, absolutely 100% perfectly, and he killed it. Uh, and the little things, right, uh, the, his his movements, the the stunts that he did, I, I thought Tyler was was really good. I laugh every time I see, now I know Tyler, yeah. but every time I watch it and I know what's going to happen, I still laugh because Tyler absolutely geeks. He's funny, man. The best actor in the movie, though, is clearly Jeremy Boring. And uh, Jeremy, oh. I would love to be cast in whatever the next project is. So you just remember who's Very said that. smart. But the best scene, the Huntsman? scene in the movie, though, is these guys doing the, the, car, the car dealership commercial. Oh, that was there, There's mm -hmm. a brotherly connection that just exists throughout this movie that only they can pull off. I think there was one table break scene scripted. And the first time Jeremy saw it, I think he wrote four more into the. Oh show. yeah, we felt. Uh, but the yeah. car lot dealership commercial scene, I, I can just watch it on repeat. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, the movie's fantastic. It's Crane and Company. In, I'm sorry, Crane and Company is the show. The movie is Lady Ballers. You guys should watch it. Just, uh, just um, subscribe to Daily Wire. Mm -hmm. It's the it's uh, on premium. The, yep, it's the on the Daily Wire app, and then and you know. I think I believe that gets you all the Benke kids stuff too when you get that Daily Wire yes. entertainment subscription, which is awesome. We have five kids, and so that's great. It's a too. buffet of five entertainment kids. awesomeness. That's what it is. It is absolutely. And listen to Crane and Company. I just I just stumbled onto the show in the last couple of days, few days. It's a great show. I'm back into sports uh, sports talk mm, shows. Come on, Jake. Crane. Welcome home. Blaine Crane. Welcome D home. David Cohn, by the way, David Cohn, Michigan guy who actually wore number 12 at one point. You'd be very popular in New England these days. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like my uh, my Michigan brother, Tom Brady. Not Don't confuse me, though, with the David Cohn that pitched for the Mets or no. the Yankees. I would never pitch for the Mets. Yeah, we're from Braves country. Yeah. We, ain't, we, Hashtag we ain't doing that Y'all aren't either, apparently, from Boston. <laughs> Y'all hop right on that train with us. Oh, Absolutely. you know what's funny enough, though? The only time I saw David Cohn in person he was with the Red Sox. He was doing a short oh, stint. They yeah. came to Turner Field in Atlanta, and he was throwing in the bullpen. My dad took me up to see the Braves. Well, it's, it's funny. I heard something today, and I, I played baseball in college. I love baseball that I had never heard before. Do you know that the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth 
<laughs> to be able to finance a play? Did you know that? No. Like a play, like a Broadway play. Oh, that's play. why the curse exists. Wild. I just found that out today. That's correct. Yeah, traded away from the yeah the Red Sox owner at the time wanted to bring in the play. It was a disgrace. Better been time. a good play. Better been a better been a hell of a play. <laughs> it was it was not a good play, guys. I we really appreciate you. By the way, can you walk on, David, or what to the, the Pats tryouts? You're well, younger man, than Brady. I got some eligibility is. left. We were throwing the football but, around here early. Well, nowadays in college, you can play for 30 years. I mean, yeah. Bo Nix just got done with 14 years in, in college. So, I mean, I'm sure we can still go. Look, Is there... Last time Bill Belichick got a Michigan quarterback, it worked out well. Let's, let's there, give there's it a your try. pitch. I'll do it for there's half. There's your pitch. There Absolutely. It is. Let's do it. All right. The Crane and Company, Jake Crane and David Cohn. Guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, thank you, guys. Check, it, uh, check out Lady uh, Ballers on Daily Wire Plus. I think you'll enjoy it. So once again, thank you to those guys, uh, Jake Crane and David Cohn. Um, those are great. We got to try to get Tyler Fisher on too. I mean, I've loved that guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, go see the movie if you, you want to see the movie. We kind of made it a date night, Alice and I, but we're going to watch it again. Yeah, we had fun. We, you know, you can do it from the Daily Wire app, and then Apple AirPlay or whatever it's called. You can put it right on your TV, and the you know the family watched it. By the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've worked with folks from Newsmax. Um, in other capacities, we've worked with folks from Fox. We've worked with the White House uh, Communications Office to do a live press briefing when I was with uh, the Boston uh, Herald. And and um, with all sorts of um, professional broadcasting um, mm-hmm. uh, outfits, there is nobody with their stuffed together like the Daily Wire. They were the best. These people are, there is a team of people working with you. And they are such, so professional over there, so helpful and so awesome. Okay, it's time to get to some breaking news here. While we were talking, the Colorado Supreme Court uh, threw Trump off the ballot. Including the primary ballot in Colorado is my understanding. So this will be appealed to the Supreme Court, presumably by the Trump lawyers. Um, And... But, I mean, there's limited time because I think what I was reading says they have until, I think, January 5th to for the GOP to submit their official people to be on the primary ballot. So um, Impeccably timed. (laughs) In this appeal from a district court proceeding under the Colorado Election Code, the Supreme Court considers whether former President Donald J. Trump may appear on the Colorado Republican presidential primary ballot in 2024. Mm -hmm. Majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate in the presidential primary ballot. The court says it's ruling, the court stays it's ruling until January 4th, like you said. Right, so so January 5th, yeah, that's when they're going to put the GOP can't that's when they have to certify who's on the ballot for the GOP primary in Colorado. There are other states that want to do this also. Um, My gut feeling is that this type of overreaction is exactly the kind of thing that's going to piss enough people off to push Trump over the edge back into the White House. I mean, Trump is like the ideal candidate for a write-in campaign. You could not have a better write-in candidate. His name is short, easy to spell, and known by every single person in America, pretty much. Unless, I mean, I even the people that like can't answer what state they live in when Mm -hmm. you do man on the street interviews, I think even they know who Donald Trump is. Yeah, and I think that you'll see people with signs uh, and literally having with their hands written Trump. As a uh, grassroots um, nod to Trump, people just spray paint it on the side of their house or write it in different places. If you're trying to pile on Trump in every single way and destroy him, people who had never had a dog in this fight are going to hear about this underdog who's being attacked and maligned by all these people. And people are going to say, forget that. They will not they will not have it. So I'm going to get to Michelle Wu is just caught up in another lie. She has. She has uh, gone in to try to keep the narrative going that she planted in NPR yesterday, saying the new documentary with The Globe and uh, in HBO on on Willie Bennett, the guy who was accused of shooting Charles Stewart, mm-hmm. who actually shot his wife and himself. She's saying uh, that, oh, there's, there's still fresh tensions because the documentary just came out. 
The Willie Bennett thing happened 35 years ago. We've already been through it. We already did all the apologizing. It's over. It's gone. It's in the past. For her to try to plant this as a news story, as a diversion uh, to her racist party is ridiculous. She officially apologized. Um, Ray Flynn, I looked it up, back then apologized in 90 or 91 or whatever to Mm -hmm. the family. And it was public. So it's already happened. Did anyone even know there was a documentary out right now? Was this like some huge news story that I missed? Like, was everybody talking about this case again? Globe people would would know because they love it and they need right. a new fresh case. We get uh, we get be, um, but no, I didn't know until Michelle Wu threw it out there as a diversionary tactic. But we can talk about that on the Patreon. We should get to the chat chat. Okay, yes, a lot of chat chat messages. Yes, what is the chat chat? That is the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hotline chat chat brought to us by Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce. All right, are you ready, Allison? I'm ready. Mm. Well, after a very hectic 24 hours running the KMS Twitter account, it's time to get back to normalcy. And I wanted to know, Alice, um, what your nationality i think you said you're serbian Mm -hmm. does on christmas eve i wonder if you have any special traditions uh you know italians we have the seven fishes on christmas eve and i was wondering uh if you guys did something similar thanks so this is actually really interesting to me because the feast of the seven fishes is actually a um a remnant of when catholics used to fast before christmas also not just in lent for easter but during there used to be an advent fast in the catholic church the orthodox still fast um in the lead up to christmas as well actually the orthodox have four fasts a year plus wednesdays and fridays so um so the feast of the seven fishes would be on on christmas eve because you wouldn't be eating meat on christmas eve still because you wouldn't break your fast until christmas day Ah. you know you wouldn't be eating meat until christmas morning so the the Orthodox generally they do do a fish based dinner on Christmas Eve. But um, Alishadik does not generally. Well, I, I haven't fasted this year because I've been right. But you have done the fast in the past. But generally around Christmas we do a, a Yankee Christmas, I guess. Well, yeah. So we do we do regular American Christmas with the kids with the stockings and stuff. Um, Serbian Christmas Serbs like the Russians. They follow the Julian calendar rather than the Gregorian calendar, which means that. Um, on that calendar, December 25th falls on what most people consider to be January 7th. Um, so our Christmas Eve would be, um, it's called Badnia Vece. And, um, and there's sort of, I guess what you would roughly translate to be like a Yule log where you do, where you bless oak branches, the Badniak. And you would light that at your home and your fire at home. Very nice. So, and sing songs about the Badniak. And Very nice. So, yeah, that's a Serbian Christmas Eve, uh, but celebrated on by our modern calendar on January 6th, on the evening of. It's quite a long church service, by the way. <laughs> Shocker. Hi, I know. Steve from Aramek. Hey, Steve. Um, I concur with Dr. Cheswick's assessment of the treatment of the guest. The other night, the the kid from that the main wire, Edward. That was uh, Edward mm-hmm. Tomich, and um, I'm sorry, I, I it comes Steve, very naturally to me to talk over it. Yeah, well, I think Steve's going to slam you because I did not say anything over him. Um, first of all, Tom, you said I have known him for ten years. Jesus, God, how old was he when you met him? Ten? <laughs> yes, he looked like. He- Yes, <laughs> actually, that is a good point. No, you, yeah, twelve, you, but yes, yes. He was close. <laughs> <laughs> it really sounds kind of shady. Doesn't it? <laughs> he was about twenty-two years old. Yes. Uh, second, he did not look comfortable the entire time. Yeah. Like he was sitting on the couch next to Alice, <laughs> the Earth Mother, <laughs> breastfeeding both sides. Oh yeah, and he and he just looked uncomfortable and. He had to hold the mic the entire time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Jesus, treat your guests better. <laughs> uh, that was it. Was under Alice's instruction that he be placed where he was, that she get to use the thing, that he had to hold the mic. We could have had him just have a normal mic, but yeah, there seemed to be specifically uh, targeted cruelty towards uh, Mr. Tomich, who's a great guy, by the way. Maybe next time, Edward from. 
the main wire yes. is on. You could actually shock him with a live wire. Oh, oh boy. Oh. Ouch. That was a tough one. What? Taking a shot at Edward? How dare you, good sir? How dare you? I think he was great. I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. In the parts where Alice wasn't stepping on him, he's very insightful. <laughs> he's got stuff to say. It's his first time in here. It's very intimidating being in here. Is it? In the studio. <clears throat> not from you. For you. This is your coven. It's very... <laughs> I'm not so, intimidated by it. For people you. who aren't, anytime we've had other people in there, they've been rather nervous. And it's a, you know, this is a very, this is like being on Rogan, you know? Yeah. Uh, um, so true. And um, and also, I I also think, and Edward mentioned this, that he didn't want to talk over me. Like there are times that he didn't, you know, we don't do it a lot together in person. So he was mm-hmm. like demusing, diffusing to me, diffusing, dispensing, diffusing, demusing. Deferring, demurring, deferring, demurring, demurring. <laughs> what is one of those words? De- deferring, I would go with. No, it's and not it, though. It wasn't, he wasn't deferring to me. Not really. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, he was Just fantastic. Dear Tim. Tim, by the way, COVID. SARS-CoV-19. Sorry, Tim. That's right. He didn't social distance. He didn't wear his mask. I feel like we have COVID but now from In him. his defense, I mean, it's very difficult to get a word in on the step-ons. <laughs> and... <laughs> I mean, you did make him do the dishes, mind the kids, then sit down in a kiddie chair and hold his own microphone for like an hour and a half. So I can't really blame him. I'm going to lay the blame somewhere else. I'll let you two figure out where, but yes. it's not on Edward. <laughs> yes. I think you, I think as as people scratch the surface more, it'll become uh, apparent who the problem lay with, Alice. Lay with. BBP. Burn Barrel Podcast. No, oh, hold on. Adams and the immigration. So, Mayor Adams thinks uh, New York is a brand. <laughs> yeah, it is a brand. The brand's bull, dog, you know, awful. What? I was hoping um, to cut some stuff, but he—he's passing the buck. He don't think he can get the legals out of his city, but. Well, that's what he tells his uh, constituents and stuff, but the, it's the polar opposite. <laughs> you, can get, you can get these these immigrants, these illegals, out of your city, but you you choose not to. Like you can look at like Abbott, for example. <laughs> they don't want them there. I don't think most people want illegals to be overflowing in their cities or towns do it the right way come on it's wild Jeez, how even many Fetterman's people. making sense yeah, yeah. He's right he's- it's wild how many people there are bill malugin keeps posting videos from the border and saying how many crossings they're having each day and it's like in the tens of thousands a day now yeah last night it looked like a sea of people and michael yawn is down in panama and he's like oh yeah there's many more coming up it's like okay and there are people from all over this isn't like they're coming from all over because they know that the border's open. Which is another thing to impeach Biden for. Absolutely. I mean, that's it, one of the more valid He's things. refusing to run the country. That's absolutely in the president's wheelhouse is they are supposed to be doing immigration policy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a total forfeiture of his job. It's a dereliction of duty, like we said Trump did when he didn't he call the dogs off at the Capitol. This is much worse, obviously. This is an actual invasion of people we don't know. Good Lord, with this sad sack Santa story from last night. Nobody wants to talk to me. I don't like to talk to anybody. You're only in the jolliest suit ever created. Yes. Doesn't matter what religion, political belief you might have, what culture you come from. Everybody loves Santa. It's not even religious. Well, uh, now, Tim. Nobody wants to talk to me. When I I was as Santa, first I came in as Tom Shattuck, and nobody knew me, really. Nobody knew me at all, actually. Not even really. Nobody knew me. And then I was Santa. When I was Santa, people were saying, Santa! And then I switched back into clothes again, plain clothes. And, and yes, I was in the, I was in the corner. I'm, uh, I, I did have a good conversation with one guy about radio. But, oh, yeah, I didn't do my, my, my set. I did a set, you know, as Santa. Should I do one of my jokes? Yeah, do one, do one of your jokes. I'm going to do two of my jokes. I hope you showed them your Trump impression. I did not. I thought about that, though. Uncomfortable Santa! They call him. <laughs> okay. 
So uh, my Trump impression sounds more like Harvey Firestein. Doesn't matter. If <laughs> so, What's up with that? So, so here's my. Want to hear my bit? Yes, let's hear it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, long way from the North Pole. So, here's a special tip for you. If you get an invite to deliver gifts to a Senate hearing room unannounced, don't. I'll just say, brings a whole new meaning to the term filibuster. Huh? Mm -hmm. You can laugh, Alice. You know what's hilarious? I actually, I made up every part of that joke except for... No, wait. I didn't make up either part of the joke. The first part of it, Michael Graham made up. The, the last part of it, uh, Adam uh, Ligio, to, uh, sorry, my mole in the Connecticut Senate made up. Which is, a mole goes unnamed, so he doesn't get in trouble. My second one is, yeah, but Republicans and Democrats are very different. Did you realize they are different, Alice? Uh, they might be in, different. How could they be different? Well, it's interesting. This time of year, every year, Republicans sing um, over the river and through the woods and... Democrats sing from the river to the sea. Huh? That's part of my set that I did. I did about 10 I'm minutes. I'm rolling. Well, let me tell you something. That from the river to the sea got gasps. Like that was like really in bad taste. And I thought, wait, you know, this could be, there could be a lot of Democrats here too. Maybe there was. The biggest hit of the night was a... a I mean, I don't get why though, because they do chant that yeah. actually. The biggest hit of the night was <laughs> was a sight gag that had to do with John Sununu um, what he asked for Christmas, and it was a sight gag. It was a contract from CNN. It's an inside New Hampshire joke that he wants to do that. And the second biggest um, hit of the night, of course, was um, uh, the filibuster joke. Of course. And then I did a bonus joke. Okay. The the R rated the the one that made you uncomfortable yesterday. Mm -hmm. You want to hear my bonus joke? Let's that hear the this bonus one that, like, joke that I ended with because Graham asked me. He said, "Do you want to say another? Do you have anything else?" And I said, "Oh, you know what." Let's try this again. Here's a tip for you. If you're ever invited to deliver a bunch of presents to a Senate hearing room down in Washington, D.C., unannounced, don't do it. Some pretty freaky stuff happened down there. And it's interesting. When, when Republicans do it, uh, they call it an insurrection. I'm sorry. No, yes, yes, yes. When Republicans <laughs> do it, they call it an insurrection. But when Democrats do it, I'm pretty sure that guy was in Sir's rectum. Hmm? <clears throat> okay. That one, the audience was not comfortable with. Generally, some other people <laughs> okay. like they were like, and that was it. And then I was, uh, I was played out. I find it hard to talk to people like the nice teeth. Listen, we all know what you're up to there, nice Shattuck. Teeth. It's so apparent. You go on and on about how comfortable the the suit is, the jacket, yes. the hat. Yes. How much you want to just wear it around. And then you want to just turn that frown upside down to a big old Cheshire cat smile, leering when you get home to see a lovely wife and guilt her into putting on the damn Mrs. Claus suit. Here, here. We all know what you're doing. Here, here. By the way, I hope it worked, buddy. Thank I hope you. it worked. Thank you. Thank you. Alice is not Mrs. Claus suit ready now. She's not, she's, her a hot body has not returned to its former status. I'm not saying anything that you're not saying. Mm hmm That's true. Don't make it sound like I'm saying something mean. I'm not My not body has returned anything. to Santa status. <laughs> Alice's body has not returned to. You are to, Santa ready. That is true. Alice's body has not returned to its uh, sexy lingerie status. This is all her words. It's not my words. I'd be, obviously, I spent a lot of time last year trying to get her. Spent a lot of time. That's close. That was closer than yes. usual. It was not. You need to be wispier. Spend a lot of time. Ooh, that's better. I am getting there. You <laughs> bastards! All of you who even called me on my phone to tell me to never. I do like that you again. workshopping this in front of everybody. Can you do it in your mirror to yourself? Hi, Steve from Aramis. Hi, Steve. Tom, I, I know you struggle with your sexuality sometimes. <laughs> uh, you've admitted to it through the years, but uh, I think it's time to come fully out because. Only a raving queen like yourself <laughs> would want to drink something called banana-flavored Happy Dance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, shopkeeper, I would like some banana-flavored Happy Dance. 
Yes, sir. Uh, of course. It what attracts you to the the banana? Is it the shape? Oh, oh you're such a freaking ah! It is. Uh, it is. It is a rather. Now that I think about it, this is a very gay drink. There's no. It, yeah, it's hard. Happy Dad seltzer. <laughs> I never thought, actually, is this the official drink of the gay community? This is banana-flavored. It's gluten-free, too, okay? Yeah, it is definitely a gay drink. Okay. Um, Albie Shattuck, guess what? Can you what? feel it? Can you feel it coming? Mm-hmm. Are we going to the Patreon Can you show? feel it coming <sighs> in the air tonight? Thank you so much for putting up with us. You know who sings that song? I can feel it coming in the edge of night. You don't know who sings that? Mm-mm. Doesn't matter. Um, so thank you for putting up with everything in the live stream. Um, the uploaded version will be better. So if you're listening to the uploaded version, you don't know what I'm talking about, hopefully. Um, anyway, but to the people on the live stream, uh, you can stay there. We are going to uh, hop over and do the Patreon show. Hopefully that works for us we do have some more things we want to comment on you can join us for that patreon.com slash burn barrel or for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.